the Nick Rolovich era at Washington State ends on a three-game win streak. You'll note it's the middle of the season, but the era has nonetheless ended because uh, Coach Rolovich, uh, despite having months and months of advance warning, has decided to forego uh, millions of dollars owed to him uh, because essentially uh, he like really believed the posts he was reading online. It's, it's like really tragic in a way. We're going to talk about all that and football. You know, we're going to talk about that too on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver, offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So, uh, another, I don't know, I mean, a pretty blah week in the Pac-12 all in all, but uh, the biggest story I'd say was off the field, but we'll get to that in the course of reviewing our games. The action last week started in Otson, California, went to Oregon, an absolutely punchless California team, went to Oregon, and... Oregon barely, still top 10, Oregon barely fended them off. 24 to 17 win for the Ducks. Yeah. It turns out Oregon needs that uh, Verdell character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> turns out he's important. Yeah. Uh, plus, Cal had two weeks to prepare for this game. Uh, you know, it's a Friday night game. So it's kind of an odd time. Both teams coming off a bye, and Oregon had just lost to Stanford uh, previously or two weeks back, right? Um, so, you know, like there's a lot going on there. Uh, and so I think if you're pro Oregon, you know, which we are not, but you would just say, well, it just happens. We got the win. Who cares? And there's something to be said for that. Uh, and Cal, I mean, Cal's just bad, you know, like, I don't even know if you take any positives from it if you're Cal at this point, cause like you're not any good. Yeah, I mean, this was a this was a game all the way down to the wire. Uh, what I'll tell you what uh, I watched this game on Friday night, and uh, I was sitting there thinking like, uh, Oregon fans were booing Anthony Brown because the offense was ineffective during the game. Yep, and I was like, Haha, welcome to fucking being a college football fan for once in your life, because I feel like you know since football started for them at some point in the late nineties. Uh, it's been pretty smooth sailing most of the time. Like they maybe had like one bad year with, uh, uh, what's his name? Helfrich. And, uh, they like knocked his shit out of there. Uh, got in the Willie guy. He left and then got Cristobal. But otherwise, you know, that it's been pretty much like you, uh, I would say like, except for one or two years, you'd say the, the trend of the Oregon program over the last like quarter century has been positive, right? Correct. And like now, I'll tell you what, it's, I mean, it's hard to stay on top in this game. And once you start expecting things, that's when you really get into the joyless slog of following your favorite college's football team. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I was reading um, Bruce Feldman, you know, pretty prominent college writer, who, by the way, is like really good friends with Mario Cristobal. Yeah. Um, and doesn't disclose that when he writes stuff about Crystal Ball. Um, like he, because Feldman's a Miami guy, went to Miami. I think he was there when Crystal Ball was there. I mean, like they're buddies kind of thing. Okay. Uh, probably should mention that when you write articles about the guy. But um, he was opining as to 
hot seats in college football right now. And Miami, Manny Diaz is one of them. Yeah. And they were saying, you know, he was saying like, you know, maybe if, if Miami were to open, they would make a hard run at Cristobal. And then he was also mentioning Cristobal as potential replacement for um, Orgeron down at LSU. It's our job. What the hell? We've got some ads coming on. There you go. At Jiffy Lube. It's their job to play an ad, right? That's what I, I'm on the ESPN page. I hate it when they do that bullshit, but I do need an oil change. So I'm going to say 50-50 on that one. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, so anyway, so so I think he was actually mentioning the context. He mentioned Cristobal in, in like when uh, Manny Diaz's seat was hot, but he also mentioned him as like a potential replacement for Orgeron. But he said that Oregon has national championship talent for the next two seasons, so it might be hard to get Cristobal out. So that's, I don't know, concerning to me. That, that's what Feldman's saying. Uh, according to what? You I know, know what I mean? I mean, I, th- I wouldn't think that they... Uh, I think they have uh, kind of like, uh, you know, good team from the Pac-12 that makes the playoff and gets exploded. I think this year is a great year to be any of these teams competing for the playoff because it doesn't appear like anybody outside of Georgia is really dominant, you know? Yeah. Uh, so if they can get in there, I mean, I think this is going to be as open a year as it's been because like Clemson, Alabama and Ohio state are down, but I, I mean this, uh, Oregon teams had some like pretty pedestrian results, like for a team that has national championship talent, you know, they lose to a, a, what we, I think agree is a mediocre Stanford team. Um, they have that great win against Ohio state, but they barely, you know, they beat, Fresno by a touchdown. Fresno's decent. Uh, they beat Cal by a touchdown. Cal sucks. Like, uh, and then they lose to Stanford. I don't know. I mean, if this is as good as, I mean, is this as good as it's ever going to get? I don't know. Where happened to Tyler Shuck? He's at Texas Tech now. Apparently broke his collarbone. Because they're booing this this Brown character, and they had this Shuck guy, right? Like, they they just had him. They hated him. Why? Uh, I don't know. A lot of ins and outs. I don't really know why they, uh, you know, go with whoever they go with. But I mean, what what was remarkable to me about that is that like, I can't remember the last time I saw the Oregon crowd turn on their team like that. You know, anybody involved with it. Usually it's like, you know, they're, they're like good fans. How you ought to be like, they show up, they're loud, probably best on the West coast in terms of that kind of, uh, you know, it helps that they win a lot, but they consistently got a good environment, uh, down there. Uh, and so I, that's just something I hadn't noticed out of their fan base before, you know, I mean, obviously you'll see some, uh, cranks online supporting any team who are pissed off about something at any given time. But in terms of like an, like an in stadium experience, that's like a different, I'd say bears monitoring. Yeah, for sure. By the way, I just looked up Tyler Shuck. I thought at one point he was projected to go pretty high in the draft. Um, and I just looked at next year's mock draft and he is not in the first round projection anymore at least um two washington huskies are though which is infuriating (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we'll talk about that horse shit soon enough uh here's an interesting one utah rice Eccles, uh they host arizona state uh the sun devils are trying to win god bless them uh utah ends up winning this game 35 to 21 28 to 0 in the second half just absolutely flipped the script they were down two scores going into the locker room end up winning the game by two scores so impressive win for the fighting willinghams and uh uh first conference blotch for arizona state utah undefeated in the pac 12 
Whitting, Whittingham, right? Not Willingham. Oh, my bad, my bad, my fault. Yeah. No, no, that's a that's a dangerous mistake. Yeah. Um, in this in this neck of the woods. Um, yeah, and and Utah looks good. I mean, they've seemed to have solved their perpetual offensive uh, output problem that they have. Yeah. Because um, thirty five points will get it done with the way they play defense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, they you'd have to say they are. Uh, you know, trending in the right direction. And, you know, let's be honest, what is a terrible conference? So, you know, they can win it and still we can, I think, consider them to be slightly above average. Yeah. I mean, Utah had the ball four times in the second half and they scored four touchdowns. That'll do it. Yeah, I'd take that. Uh, So very impressive by them. Um, Next up, we got – uh-oh, this is going to take a second to load. Give me the next one if you got it. I got Colorado – absolutely putting a beat down on Arizona. Yeah. I mean, Arizona uh, lost their quarterback the week previous and they were bad to begin with, but what's what makes this kind of extra alarming for Arizona is that like, this was one of the games on their schedule that you could pick out and say, well, hell we got a shot. You know I mean? This is a Colorado team that has really struggled to score the ball this year and did struggle to score in the first half, but blitzed them in the second half and 34 to zero is a nice, Healthy, good old timey win. That's a, I mean, that's a butt kicking. Yeah, Arizona's got some problems here. Now, I think they're on their third string quarterback now. Maybe he was backup going into the season. I don't know. He was, you know, there was a couple guys in there, and then behind him is two walk-ons. Um, they obviously weren't any good to begin with. Um, the line I think for UW opened up minus thirteen or fourteen. It's already to minus eighteen, which is not a good sign for Arizona. Yeah, um, that's bad. And uh, yeah, they have the longest uh, losing streak in the nation right now. And uh, I think that's that's yeah, not not a lot of positives for Jed Fish in his first year down there in uh, Tucson. They might get a win. The good news is they're not going to fire him because of, they don't care uh, enough to do that. And it's also you know, I mean, they've run into a little bit of hardship, and the cupboard was apparently shockingly bare. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you figure he's just calling up Jonathan Smith at Oregon State and being like, Jesus, this sucks. How did you get through this? Like, Probably, I mean, living in Tucson, cashing some pretty nice checks. And um, you remember he, in the offseason when he was recruiting from his pool, it looked like he has a nice pool. So he's probably just getting by with that, you know. Yeah. The sort of job wouldn't, wouldn't just voluntarily give up. Yeah, you would never just give it up for no good reason whatsoever so let's talk about washington state hosted stanford on the yeah. palouse uh the uh you know the cougs uh you know built up a like kind of not much four point lead going into the locker room at halftime end up getting uh two touchdowns and winning and uh what they stopped stanford uh what did they get a turnover late to seal it I gotta, I gotta go back. I've yeah, I mean, parts of this. You called this. You, you called for some pluckiness out of these Cougs, and they, and they delivered for you. Um, nice, nice win. You know, I mean, this is, this was Stanford showed up for this game and looked all right. Scored thirty-one points. You know, I mean, Stanford when they've been, when it's been missed for them this year, they just look like they didn't know how to play the game. You know, and that wasn't that yeah. wasn't the case. They scored thirty-one points. Um, so nice, nice win for the Cougs. Um. You know, Borgie was 17 carries. Probably would like to see a few more than that even, but good that they're getting feeding him the rock. Uh, had a couple touchdowns. Jaden Delora looks like the clear number one for them. 
Yeah. That... Great on the percentage completion, but three touchdowns, no interceptions. Got to take it. Yeah, so the win gets the Cougs to 4-3 and three on the season and 3-2 and two in conference. Why, why did their coach get a Gatorade bath after this? Well, it's because uh, he's retiring from coaching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just insane, right? So Nick Rolovich uh, giving massive advance notice of this. Uh, that he, you know, that he need, as a state employee, he's mandated uh, to have the vaccine. As are all other staff at Washington State University and any public university in the state. As are all students at all the public universities at the state, uh, unless they, you know, get uh, some kind of exemption, which are tough to get. Um, uh, though my wife's coworker uh, got one. Actually, she apparently had a good reason, uh, which is that uh, demonstrated. Uh, adverse effects from regular vaccines in the past so yeah. that'll that'll do it she went in she was super worried about it she was like i talked to my doctor they said i shouldn't get this uh, here's the note here's what happened the other times i got other vaccines for like you know the normal stuff and don't give me a vaccine and they were like okay you have that that makes sense so it's not an unreasonable uh you well, know yeah exactly you know what i mean so like if you if you have a real reason to not get the vaccine there are people you can talk to about that and they will uh, you listen to you. And if it's a, and if you can demonstrate that it's a good reason, you won't have to get the vaccine. Well, look, this guy's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the ultimate reason he settled on for not wanting to get it was a religious exemption because, so he, dumb. Is a, because he is a devout Catholic. Yeah. Which again, makes him a fucking idiot Yeah, because the Catholic Church has already come out and said, we do not recognize a legitimate exemption for a vaccine yeah. according to our teachings. Like yeah. the Pope got vaccinated and is telling other people to get vaccinated. Yeah, the Pope's going to have to come up here to the uh, Division Three yeah. and, like, and testify. I mean... I don't understand. There's two churches apparently that have, um, or religions, I guess I should say. It's like one is like Christian science or something, which doesn't sound very sciencey to me. But um, and then there's another one which I, I don't know. But it wasn't. He was neither of those things, um, and couldn't make the argument for either of them. Um, yeah. And and not only is like the Catholic Church sort of like not neutral on this, they're they're very pro. Um, and so when you're when you're filling out that paperwork, I just don't understand what the thought process is, like why you think that's going to work. Yeah, uh, there's a yeah, that's an angle on that too. Yeah, is that like you had a uh, you 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 had half months. a year to come yeah. up with a lie, a month's advance notice, as you said, to to craft your argument as to why this shouldn't apply to you. Yeah. Now we all know it's because you know. He's got to own the libs or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like that's a hundred percent what it is. It's, it's that he wants to own the libs. Yeah. Um, but even that is like requires a little. You know, like you got to have a little nuance in there. Um, and it doesn't even seem like he bothered with the nuance. Like he filed paperwork that he knew was destined to fail. Yeah, yeah. That it's that's like the the best part about it. It's like he he uh, you can only presume. Right. That this guy uh, or his wife 
or something, but certainly him as well, right? Got involved uh, with uh, this strain of uh, social media posts and articles uh, saying that, like, you know, the vaccine's ineffective. It's it's tyranny. You know, this yeah. is a this is a well, you know, much like uh, when. Uh, my son, when we sat down for dinner tonight, there was a kind of rice on his plate that he didn't like. Also tyranny, you know, yeah. because yeah. and that's about the, the level of the reaction to it. You know, that's a, that's about the a mental rigor that goes into it. Be, I don't want to. And then uh, but for no real great reason, you know what I mean? And yeah. that's not to say that, like, I, you know, uh, I, th- this is my li- as somebody who got the vaccine within an hour of finding out I was eligible to get it. Right. My my understanding of it is that it's different in kind from uh, like traditional vaccines, uh, like which give you like a di- like say like a flu shot or something like that it gives you like a diluted version of the flu or something like that. Yeah. And this and this does something to like get it's like an mRNA vaccine that like kind of tricks your body's code to produce antibodies for it in a way that's different than like a polio vaccine or like, you know, these other ones or something like that. Uh, And it's certainly obviously brand new because the thing you're vaccinating against is brand new. So I, 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 I'm saying that to credit the idea that I understand that this is not, you know, it's not like, you know, this, this isn't like the polio vaccine that's been around for like, you know, 70 years or 60 years or whatever it is or something. It's not as tried and true and it's a different way of doing it. That said, people who know a fuckload more than I do have said we should get it. And while I'm willing to believe all manner of retarded ideas, uh, this one, I'm going to go ahead and trust the people who like went to school to learn about this and accept their wisdom. You have to, if, if you want to live in an organized society, Right. You have to buy yeah. into the notion that people are good at their chosen profession, which is why they are professionals in that profession. And we've all divided ourselves into groups of individuals that practice our various professions. And we abide by those codes, basically, to the extent that when a football player who is playing in a football game gets injured, they call the doctors out. Yeah. And the doctors go and provide care. And sometimes, like as we saw in the Seahawks game last week, it's a significant amount of care. And they have to put them on a cart, take them to the hospital, you know, immobilize the individual. In those moments, there is never, ever, 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 a coach or a player who is doing their own research um, and objects to medical care being applied to the individual in need. Yeah. And as such, um, I don't believe you are there for in a position to challenge what the medical profession comes along with when it says something along the lines of this vaccine, which is, yep, it's new. Yes, it works. Yes, you should take it. That's their official stance. That's their official position. It's universally applied across borders, across, you know, professions within the medical industry. There's a few crackpot doctors, you know, but we're talking five out of thousands that that are willing to go on the other side of this thing. And everybody else is in lockstep, including, you know, again, this is not bound by borders or something. It's not like there's a country out there with a developed medical profession that is opposed to this. Um, So 
so I got no, I got no patience for it, dude. Like I like he deserves everything he gets and he's going to, you know, he got fired and he deserves it. And, and I, and I hope he's made an example of as a result of that. Yeah. I think, I think the weakest parts of his position are what we talked about already. And that like the, his excuse for not taking it ends up being so horseshit, uh, and obviously destined to fail for one, uh, for two, like, like, I don't have uh, I don't have a problem with somebody saying it's their choice not to get the vaccine. I don't give a shit if people get the vaccine or not. You know what I mean? I'd prefer that enough people get it that, you know, uh, it becomes effective and like COVID restrictions become uh, less a part of our lives uh, than they are right now, you know? But like, in, on, like a, on like an individual basis, I don't care if Nick Rolovich gets the vaccine or not. I could give a shit. You know what I mean? Like he'll, and, and the other thing is he'll probably be fine. You know what I mean? Like he might get COVID and he'll probably have it for a couple of days and end up being fucking fine. So I'm not stressing about that. What uh, is if the the fact that he recruits kids to come play for this school, right? And to kind of like for for any good college football team, right? It's it's this is why team sports are great. Is it across the board? Is that like for it to work? Everybody has to subjugate themselves to the greater need of the team, right? And uh, and that includes the college football head coach, which is among all head coaching professions like the most untouchable. You're like you're like the the god walking around, right? Because you make you decide who's going to play and whatever. But uh, but still, even then, the coach still has an obligation to keep everybody on the same page. Okay, uh, and he threw his actions that were obviously foreseeable. You know what I mean? This guy was warned in advance exactly that exactly what happened was going to happen in this way has decided to disrupt his team and rid them of, you know, like himself and another four of its dipshit assistants. Yeah. Uh, for, for not getting this and kind of, and kind of fuck up their season as it's going. And what's more, this is like the sort of thing that causes a, a you know, I've, Coog buddies at work and they're like what they're pissed about is that it causes uh what one guy i talked to today he said like the, the one thing washington state has maybe more you know than any other school is that like if you're a coog you're in the coog family right yeah and this is like his stance has caused that to break down on the same lines that all stupid arguments in society break down upon where people are just like digging in on either side. And these are kooks, you know, like they, they just want to love Washington state, you know? Yeah. yeah. <coughs> you got, you got Jason Gesser who is a piece of work, um, full time tweeting now, basically the Rolovich, you know, platform. Um, and then you've got the majority of kooks, as you said, that just want to be happy, you know, just want to be kooks, uh, you know, that are, toe in the line being like, yeah, no, you got to get this thing. Um, it, it's just, it's, it defies. I mean, it's, there's been a lot of ink spilled over it. You know, obviously he's come out today and accused Pat Chun of being discriminatory in his actions. And it looks like he's going to follow a lawsuit. I hope he gets his ass kicked in that. Um, and it gets, like, he ought to get fucking, he ought to get fucking sanctions for that because truly, it's just so yeah. on its face baseless. And, the, uh, that I've, I've, you know, got off on a tangent and didn't make my point well. But the other thing, besides like sowing discord among the Washington State community, uh, b- betraying uh, the trust of these kids that you recruited to come to school there, undermining the continuity of the team, 
it's like that uh the the other things that bother me is that fucking explain yourself if your shit is so right you know what i mean like he's not he has not answered questions on this all he said is it's a personal decision and he's been evasive about whether or not he plans to get the vaccine at any point and it's like if you're right right which he obviously believes he's right then fucking sell me on it you know i'm a reasonable man like if there's something i'm missing let me know about it and then we'll fucking weigh it out. But he's too chicken shit to even say what his reasons are for not getting the fucking thing. And uh, and then then the then the la- then I think two more things that bother me about it. One, filing the lawsuit. But you can respect him a little bit if he gets fired, and then he's just a fucking man about it, you know? Because then at least he's true to his principles, you know? Yeah. I knew this this didn't. I knew this was going to happen, but that's what I believe. But he's filing this horseshit lawsuit that's never going to succeed in a million years. Uh, for something that is just demonstrably not actionable. And it's just a, it's a waste of paper before it's ever written down. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, I mean, that, he just comes off like a petulant pussy. I mean, he, he comes off like a guy who has just been sitting here, uh, watching whatever his news sources are and has become, uh, convinced of a reality that is not. There's a lot of people like that, man. <laughs> there are. There really are. You know what I mean? It's a and growing it's like, number of individuals. This they, just gave up a $3 million a year job where he had another $10 million of that guaranteed to him. Guaranteed. Where all, whereby all he had to do was continue doing that job. And then even if he got fired because he wasn't doing it well, he still gets this money. Yeah. And he he lost that because he's so deluded and so far removed from reality. I'll tell you what's what's an extra level. Like you said, he's sowing discord amongst the current team because they, a lot of them are coming out and going to bat for him, which means he was, you know, using this issue internally to drive drive a wedge with them. Um, yeah. Rather than just being like you said, being a man about it and making it only him. Um, is I saw a recruit um, on Twitter today or yesterday, and I I almost commented on it, and then I was just like, it's too damn sad to comment on um, on Twitter and like call it out where he was like, just got a great call from coach Dickert. Who's the interim head coach. Right. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, looking forward to seeing what happens in the future, which is like, he's basically being like, I hope they still have a team next year. We'll see what happens. I mean, like that's where their recruiting's at right now because of this dipshit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like every which way you look at it, he's just, you know, he should, he's, you know, he should deserves to be blackballed from the coaching profession for the rest of his life. He deserves to be embarrassed from this filing this, you know, he hasn't filed it yet, but he sent the demand letter, this, this horseshit lawsuit that he's talking about. And, and it's really just, it's sad to me that there's a, a growing number of people whose reality is so distorted that this is, this is how their actions are, you know, they believe need to be, you know? Yeah, and it's and it's not because there's anything special or different about this. That's the other thing. Like, if it's not this as like the hill that people are dying on, you know, in terms of either com- uh, compliance or non-compliance with this thing that absolutely does not matter, uh, is you know, uh, uh, you know, the the difference between us being free or enslaved or something like that, which is what these morons believe. Uh, it's it's. You know, like if, if it wasn't the vaccine, it would be just some, you know, whatever it was, you know, two years ago, four years ago, eight years ago, 20 years ago, you know, 
Like it's just yeah. whatever the issue is at the time. There's nothing special about this. This is just the same shit. It's, there's the, uh, if you ever read that, uh, Reagan land book, which is very interesting and, uh, hats off like, uh, to the people behind everything that got him into power in terms of effectiveness. It's like, it's just basically find something that pisses people off and fucking gas them up on it. So they get mad and blame people and then they vote for you. Uh, but yeah, the, the, so then the other, the last thing I want to say about it is like this, this guy has fucking four kids, you know, and he can obviously do what he wants in terms of like raising his children. But to me, it's tragic in the sense that, uh, you know, like this is, he was owed money that would set them up all of them for life. Right. And he's throwing it away for something that he doesn't even have the balls to explain. And, and his proffered explanation in the, in what's come out in terms of this demand letter, just so obviously doesn't hold water. It's so, you know, if, if he just, uh, yeah. So it goes back to what I said earlier. If he decides to not get the vaccine because it's a personal choice. And even if he doesn't choose to explain it and because it's that personal, then that's fine with me. But when you file the lawsuit, you're, you're just so, you're just such a, a fucking coward. Like, you know, uh, sell me on your point or shut the fuck up and take what everybody knew was coming to you. You knew it. And if, and, and if you're satisfied enough with your reasoning that you believe you're right, then you don't need to explain it to anybody. But let me tell you what's not going to suffice, uh, in terms of getting one more cent at a Washington state university, uh, just that you really believe this. Unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable, dude. Yeah, I would say I've I was not like uh I've I mean I haven't been very upset about this Nick Rolovich shit uh for the course of the season because I've just found it funny. And I guess I wanna I'm, part of me must have thought that at some point this guy's gonna get a shot. Okay. And also if I'm ever in a position where I'm owed ten million dollars and for some reason I'm deciding to throw it away over nothing, uh I frankly would like to think that I'd wake up five years later and be like to my wife and be like why the fuck did you not give me the vaccine while I was sleeping? Yeah. So I couldn't say anything about it. You know what I you mean? You have friends who are nurses. Like you, this could have happened. Like, yeah. Why, you know, this is a, that, cause like she must be to some extent on board with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's probably watching the same news sources he is and, and believes the same, you know, I, you have to assume she does, or she's going to file for divorce next week. You never know. I mean, but like that would be the best, and then sue his shit for everything he's got because he uh, fucking took money, community money away. Yeah, tortious interference with the yeah. business expectancy. Yeah, yeah. recognized yeah. tort in Washington. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm with you, man. I was just kind of like, I wouldn't say I was amused. I was bemused by it for a while, and then as we got closer and closer, I was just kind of in awe. Because like all of the media outlets were like, he's going to get fired. And I'm like, no, no. Like, I, Yeah, I thought they'd figure out some way to work around this, because especially like, no. because they were doing OK. Yeah, I was like, no, he's not. He's going to like he's going to ultimately, you know, cow and down, get the shot. He'll get the and, shot and at the last second and beg for an exception for a couple weeks and they'll let him coach because he got the shot. Yeah. As and long then as he wears spend, a mask and, and shit. he's going to spend the rest of however long we're trapped in this nightmare you know, complaining about tyranny and how he's, you know, he was subjected to, you know, he's like, he's got a platform to be the, you know, the, the subjugated, you know, whatever at the, you know, at the hands of the evil government. And it's like, you know, but he, but he also like wink, wink kept his, you know, high paying job. Like, you know, like every host on Fox news did because they're all inoculated too. And they all talk shit about it. So it's like, you know, like that would be kind of like the playbook is, 
get it, get the shot, and then just keep talking about how it's not necessary and whatever. And I figured that like ultimately would be to happen. And then he like didn't get it. And I'm like, what? yeah, he did. He didn't get it. Yeah, he's like, yeah. At some point, yeah, you get the shot and you'd be like, you know, at the day with your buddy, try like, listen, I'm not stupid enough to throw away ten million dollars. You know, guaranteed I, I, money, yeah. like not not speculative money. Yeah, guaranteed. All I got to do is show up every day. I mean, he wasn't even recruiting to begin with, and they were like, you know, they're screwed in that front. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's not a reason to take away his ten million dollars. They can be like, well, you know, I like the guys I got, and then they still have to pay his ten million dollars. Um, <laughs> and he's and he's our age, with a, with a family. He has years to work ahead. You know what I mean? Like if he if he gets Washington State rolling a little bit for a year and a half. He's able to parlay that into a bigger job and get even more money. Well, not only that, but he's—I mean, you know, a couple of uh, a couple of day and a couple of good games, like you said, a decent season, and he he gets an extension. You know, he gets another three, four million dollars guaranteed. You know, it's like a, it's like a rolling ten million because the the one of the things college coaches and their agents have convinced athletic directors is that if you don't have five years on your contract, i.e., a full recruiting cycle, haha. Um, yeah. Then, then you get it's a competitive disadvantage. Oh, so yeah. you know, as soon as his as soon as his deal dropped below whatever it was, four or five years, and you know he's he's going back to that the AD saying like you got to pony back up, give me another two year extension, throw another three to four million years on my guarantee or more million dollars on my buyout, and and you know like it's a, it's a it, it's a rolling thing. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's uh, remarkable, remarkable. I wonder at what point, because yeah, where does he where does he go from here? I mean, I think to 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 so obviously screw up your job in this manner that renders him at least for a period of time unhirable as a college football coach, if not forever. Right. I think, I think the 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 going after your athletic director like that in such a ham fisted way, I I think is is a, a death sentence from a college job perspective i mean you yeah, could argue I, yeah he walks away from the washington state thing and he just runs to this sec you know runs to florida you know not not university of but like you know like central florida or something and and are, they're all down there and he's like man those crazy liberals up there and they'd be like yeah, yeah yeah come on you don't have to get your you know we're not going to make you do that um and and he's and he gets a job you know somewhere that that he believes to be a little bit more enlightened but once you start suing your ad I don't know. I mean, maybe if he finds the right political environment at an you know an administration in a, at a university, which is possible. But once you start suing your AD and throwing you know discriminatory you know all that stuff, if you're an athletic director and you're looking for a new head coach, he wasn't that good that you're going to be like, yeah, we got to get this guy in here because you know if it goes sideways for whatever reason, this is how he's going to respond. Yeah, yeah. The the only thing I was thinking about that today is that I do remember when Sark got fired from USC. Uh, for showing up drunk, he did sue the school. Uh, I'm not sure what came of that lawsuit. I'm assuming nothing, uh, because he was showing up drunk to work uh, on multiple occasions, which seems like you can't do. Um, but and you know, and Sark has obviously worked again. Now he did have a good, solid period of time in the wilderness there. Uh, by which I mean, you know, he coached like you know quarterbacks in the NFL, and then was like OC at Bama and shit like that. But yeah, uh, yeah it's just. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you you think he can work again, probably, or something like that. But just in the short term, it's like I, it's it's tough to understand the motivations of the guy, other than he, uh, you know, what's that Mark Twain quote? 
Mark Twain, Mark Twain quote at the beginning of the big short where it's like it's not, it's not what you don't know that gets you it's what you know for sure that just ain't sh- just ain't so something like that yeah <laughs> yeah oh, that's I, it I, that's it I've, I like that movie a lot and I like that uh I like that quote that's true I feel yeah. like um well, we just burned a bunch of time on that but I think it was worth it that guy no it was good it was fun we were mad and that's fun. that makes for a compelling on, on WSU's experience. behalf no less so yeah you know. Well, we love the Cougs. You know, they're fucking fun. They're from our state. We like people from Washington. Yeah. And and we beat them all the time. So, like, there's really nothing to hate. Uh, So, let's take the temperature down. Let's talk about something that's not going to make anybody mad. Washington Huskies hosted UCLA. Uh, And this was a game uh, that, uh, you know, if you were a neutral person watching it, you'd say that these this involved two football teams that were relatively close in ability. And UCLA pipped them 24 to 17 winners at the end of the game. Um, uh, pretty, uh, not, not much fun to watch was my review of it. Yeah, man, these, these teams like, like this Husky team just can't get out of its own way. Yeah. Like they get first and goal on the two and then line up in the I formation and go backwards four yards and then succeeding two plays. And I'm just like, sitting there in the crowd, I went to this, um, and I'm like, what memory were you calling on that made you believe that was the right call? Because yeah. I I can't think of a single play this year where Washington lined up with a quarterback under center in the I-4 nation tight with 10 guys in the box daring you to run where they've, where they've gone hat on hat and won the battle. They've lost every single one of those. Yep. The only context in which they've been successful running is out of the Wildcat, really. Yeah. Um, which they didn't do at all. Yeah. Um, and so it's like you watch that. They go backwards twice, third down and goal now from the six, where they were first and goal from the two. And, they, you know, they throw the ball away, kick a field goal. And you're just like, this is just, this is just never going to end. Like they're just, it's never going to get any better. And and if you're Jimmy Lake like, and you, you watch that happen and like, you know, this ain't, this ain't the first time it's kind of along the same lines. What we just talked about with Rolovich, where it's just like, you see what's coming down the track. If you don't change your course of action and yet you are not changing your course of action. Now this is different. This is coaching decisions and not, you know, uh, infectious disease stupidity but um but it's kind of like i mean there's a slight analogy i would make where it's just like everybody in the world at this point is crystal clear on the fact that he screwed up his oc hire and it was clear after the montana game it was clear after the michigan game it was clear even after arc state everyone was like dude you better make a move and then he had a buy with two weeks he hasn't done anything Uh, and he's just like you know what the end game is here doesn't seem to matter and so even in the second half, Washington got some momentum because they were down 17-3 at one point, right? Yeah. Um, got some momentum, got the game tied. You just never felt like they were going to win it, and certainly they did not. Yeah, I mean, I've, what uh, I uh, was trying to think about when I was watching this game is like uh, Washington, since Jimmy Lake has been hired, uh, has performed the entire time like there's a substitute teacher. Uh, everything that made them good against Chris Peterson is just slowly eroding uh, and is largely gone now. 
And then you're left with, uh, you know, uh, we have comparable talent to a lot of Pac-12 teams. Uh, and it's just coached worse now. And because it's coached worse that, uh, you know, has, you know, it's, it's a, it's a cycle where, uh, the plays are less effective because they're just, they're, uh, poorly conceived, but then the players recognize that the plays are, uh, poorly conceived and less effective. So they execute them with less conviction and that makes them even worse. And there's just no end in sight for it. Um, the John Donovan thing, yeah, exactly like you said. That need, he needed to be gone after Montana. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think the best thing you could say for Jimmy Lake's job prospects is that, like, uh, Jen Cohen uh, has not proven herself in terms of football, at least, to be a competitive hirer. Uh, and the president of the university, I don't believe, gives a shit about football. So there's not like a lot of the fans would institute many changes if we were in charge today, uh, based on what we've seen so far. And I think they'd be justified. I think the people that actually have the decision-making power at the very, the very most we can hope for is that this season continues along the same lines. Uh, and Jimmy Lake is told that if he wants to keep his job, he needs to get rid of John Donovan, which I think it's going to take because I'm not sure I, I haven't seen from Jimmy Lake uh, the sociopathic competitiveness or shrewdness or decisiveness that it would require to make that decision on his own. Like he, he's going it, it unfortunately, and that's an indictment of him. It's unfortunately appears to have to be somebody's job to tell him to do the obvious thing, which is get rid of John Donovan. And because of that, that kind of makes you think, well, why you know why don't we just kind of you know what what's even good on our coaching staff like what why yeah. don't we just get I a think, new one i think it's like a domino effect right like yeah if, if if jimmy lake was the guy then he would wake up the day after the montana game and every day subsequently therefrom, and would have the what is the term like the testicular fortitude um the courage let's say to do the hard thing which is go to john donovan and say look man i know you tried and I know you did exactly what I asked you to do. And this is my fault. And, and it is, I am going, I am going to take the hit for this reputationally, not you. I know you have a future in the league and you're going to, you know, like this probably does end your college coaching career, but, um, but I got to do it because uh, I value my career and its trajectory more than yours. This guy's like the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you can even pitch it as like, listen, at the end of the day, uh, uh, part of my job is to be the steward of this football program. And I can't, I can't keep you on. I can't keep the offense going the way that it's going. And you're the person responsible for that. Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to say, I take the hit for it. It's, it's your fault that the offense isn't working. Uh, I I'm sorry. It didn't work out. I know it's been unique circumstances since COVID all that said, this is unacceptable and I got to let you go. Sorry, brother. Yeah. Boom. And then, and then you, and then you could make the argument that Jimmy Lake might be the guy or at least have the component pieces to be the guy. Um, but the fact that he doesn't every single day and is just effectively burning down the guy's contract, it sounds like, while everybody in the world knows that he's not the guy and he can't yep. go recruit and he's not coaching current players that he's going to be coaching next year when yep. ostensibly, uh, you know, we want to be back in the mix for being good again. Um, and so every day that he shows up to work is a wasted day. And and so, again, then having to have someone at Jen Cohen's level um, – or, or, you know, some a peer that she designates, you know, an assistant athletic director or whoever 
uh, go tell Jimmy Lake that he has to do this is an immediate indictment on the, you know, on Lake has to be gone also. Like if you can't, if you have to tell your football coach that he's not your football coach. Yeah. Um, and then, and then that then brings into question Jen Cohen, but there's nobody to really challenge her. Cause like you said, Anna Marie Koss does not care about football or doesn't appear to care about football. Um, and unless somebody with huge purse strings that donates to other areas of the institution that she does care about uh, gets in her ear about it, then, then it's not going to matter. Right. Yep. Um, so it, yeah, Washington's uh, they're I think they're well and truly fucked at the moment um, because nobody seems to have the courage to do what needs to be done. And again, just like we talked about with Rolovich, although different circumstances, trains just headed down this track towards the ravine and uh, nobody seems to be applying a break. Yep, I, I, I think that's an accurate assessment of where the Washington football program is right now. Uh, so that's good, man. So uh, all in all, uh, that's exciting. It's you know, it's it's fun in some respects to get mad about this stuff because it really doesn't matter. Uh, though it though I do I w- I do always devote my time to watching these games and I tell you what, it's not very fun right now. Not a big, not a great return on investment there. How'd we do on picks last week? We all went two and three, except for Worm. He went zero and five. <laughs> oh. He technically went zero and four because he forgot to pick the Oregon game, so that's an X. You know, yeah. for for the rules that we've recently adopted and applied, that's yeah. a loss. So then he, so these four actual picks, and and to be fair, the UW pick was foisted on him because that's another rule. So let's say zero and three with two, you know, two defaults, two default, you know, asterisks, two non wins. Um, yeah, the rest are, of us, our losses. The rest of us went two and three. I'm at twenty four and thirty. You're twenty three and thirty one. Worms at twenty one and thirty three. And Tubby in the lead at twenty five and twenty nine. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we're not doing a great job picking these games. We got to we got to swing it around. We've got like a month left of college football basically until bowl games. Uh, so let's uh, start things off on Saturday. Oregon, uh, they slipped one spot in the polls from last week after barely beating a terrible Cal team. They're still a top ten team in all the land. They go to UCLA, where the Bruins are favored by two points. Uh, what do you make of this? So the line came out at Oregon minus three and like almost immediately went to UCLA minus two. Um, I think it's, I think, I think it's a fair line. I mean, UCLA is the, is a running team and is the running team of these two. Now that Verdell's out, um, neither of these teams have a quarterback who can be trusted to pass the ball with any regularity. Although, you know, watching UCLA last week, he looked fine. I mean, he was passing the ball downfield, you know, not a lot, but he certainly, when he did had success, um, I, I, I mean, I think, I think Oregon could be in trouble. Like you said, like they, they lost to Stanford. They, they are more than any other team in the conference, a, a professionalized team in the sense that you've got Phil Knight with the NIL money. You've got a bunch of, you know, players who are there to further their own brands. They attract a certain type of player talented for sure. But that, that is very focused on, on their, and, and, you know, on, on building their personal brand, as, you know, as it relates to their relationship with Nike and such. And so when they lose and they're kind of out of it from a national perspective, I think it hurts them more than it would hurt other teams. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think UCLA can win this game. I'm, I'm going to take the Bruins. I think, uh, man, I'll tell you what, Oregon has looked like pretty crummy this year. I'll, I, I, I got to say I wasn't impressed with what UCLA brought against Washington. Uh, I thought they were uh, – for you know the LSU win looks worse and worse, uh, even though LSU got a nice win against Florida last week. But still, I'd say 
you know, I, I think ultimately all the teams in this conference aren't very good. Uh, I think Oregon, one, I don't think Oregon's out of the playoff picture because this is such a goofy year. Uh, and they have that great win against Ohio State, who Ohio State's back ahead of them in the polls, you know, as if that game didn't happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'll take the Ducks. I'll take points. All right. I mean, I think that's fair. I'm just picking UCLA on the basis they run the ball better. Yeah, I, I don't think that's unreasonable at all. I mean, I think it's a fair pick em game. Uh, I, you know, I no, no result would surprise me. Uh, so next up, we got Colorado fresh off their 34-0 win against Arizona, traveling to Cal. Cal are nine-point favorites in this game. Yeah, not not Colorado. Not getting a lot of credit for beating Arizona. They are not. Um, and Cal is getting a lot of credit for losing to Oregon in a game where they had fourth and goal, like at the very end of the game there. Yeah. Um, Cal was going in. They had a shot to get that thing to overtime. I'm taking the buffs here, man. I'm not giving Cal nine points. Yeah, I'm taking the buffs also. I agree with that. I've Cal, uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of a bummer because Garber's in kind of fits and starts has looked like a fine quarterback. But at the end of the day, it's like they really haven't been able to score since he's been there. And they really haven't won a lot of football games. And he's like, he's a fifth-year senior. Yeah, he Beats you dead pretty good, which well they finally lost this year, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, man. I've that and that's a yeah, that's a weird situation too. That's like, is is Justin Wilcox's seat even hot? You know, I don't even know if they care. I don't think so. I don't think they care. Yeah, remarkable. Good for him. Uh, next up, uh, we have BYU. What a fine game this would have been for a team that didn't have distractions that was getting on a little bit of a roll. BYU is going to Pullman uh, for a great kind of midseason non-conference game. Cougar on Cougar violence. The BYU Cougars are four and a half point favorites against Washington State. You know what's interesting is uh, John Canzano had Pat Chun on this week. And I just happened to be available when I saw the tweet. And so I turned it on and listened to it. It was great. Um, And he asked him, are you bringing in coaches to replace those four? Not only Rolovich is gone, right, but they they had to elevate Dickert from, I think, a D coordinator yeah. to head coach, and then they got to replace four other guys. And so he's like, what's your plan there? And Chun made an interesting point, which is like, yeah, you know, we've obviously done our research and had, you know, had some other names circulating because we need to bring in guys. Like, we can't have a coaching staff of five when everybody else has nine or whatever it is, ten. Um He's like, but, you know, the problem is, is that we run the run and shoot. And there's not, like, a ton of guys out there who are just, like, experts at the run and shoot. Yeah. And that, I think, might be the biggest problem that this team, I mean, other than the the, the lack of continuity and all of that, you know, they're going to play it up as, like, a coming together family thing this weekend. So, like, maybe those those wounds heal. But, like was Rolovich calling the plays like he, cause if he's doing run and shoot and he's the architect of that offense and there's nobody to replace him, that that's a problem. Yeah. That's a huge problem. I was just, uh, when you were saying that Dickard got elevated to DC, I was imagining him, uh, creating an alt account. That's like uh Patriot 1776 and just sharing anti-vaccine content with Rolovich. <laughs> <laughs> to like kind of make sure he got that head job. Oh, what a mess. All right, so you're going to take these – you're going to take the Cougs or the Cougs? Nobody believed in these Washington State Cougars is what I'm going to say, and they're getting points at home against BYU. I'll, I'll go with Washington State. I like the Cougs. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll try it. BYU's on the on the mat. Although someone did point out that BYU looked really good when they were playing Pac-12 opponents, and have suddenly stopped playing Pac-12 opponents and now look bad. Yeah, uh, that's a, so that's this, a good point. This could very well be get right game for BYU. But similarly, they they had you know aspirations, kind of like you know like a Oregon, like they had aspirations. Their fan base is low key unbearable. Like yeah, oh really yeah, horrible fan base to have to. Yeah, deal the with. only reason it's low key is because most people don't pay an ounce of attention to them. But if you happen to notice any of the BYU fans, some of the worst in the country. Yeah, terrible. if you end up in their orbit for any reason, it's just awful. But terrible people. They now have lost two games, or you know, gonna like almost guaranteed to go to like what's called the Independence Bowl or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so you know that you got to assume that some of the some of the wind came out of their sails. So I, I'm gonna take the Kooks, just out of solidarity. Really, we'll see what happens. Yep. All right. Next up, we got Notre Dame in USC. Uh, Battle of the Golden Shillelagh, I believe. Uh, Notre Dame uh, are. Didn't they have a shock loss to somebody? Uh, I don't think it's. No, a they sh- lost to Cincinnati. That's, yeah, that's not, not a super shock shocking. loss. I was going to say, they lost a good game, but they're six and a half point favorites here, and that I don't understand that at all. It should be double that. Yeah, I agree with that. I like Notre Dame in this game. I mean, um, yeah. just because USC is like, uh, you know, I've not it. I would say Notre Dame probably, honestly, has more talent on their roster than USC does right now. They certainly have a lot more coaching continuity. Uh, this is the type of game where Notre Dame can get out early, uh, and US like if you expose this USC team to adversity, they're just going to crumble because there's nobody minding the ship. Yeah, in our other chat that I quit. Make sure we're on Notre Dame here. <laughs> like, okay. This yeah. is free money, right? Like, they're going to win this game by 20 points. Because they're also going to run it up on them if they can. This yeah. Is rivalry. Like, they're not – this is not going to, like, take it easy on these dudes. Like, it. this seems ridiculous to me, six and a half points. I agree with that. Yep. Uh, next up, we got Utah going to Corvallis. Here's an interesting line, like, if you consider some results earlier in this year. Oregon State are three-point home dogs to Utah. And I don't think it's enough, man. I think Utah has proven it in the last couple of weeks that they're on the come. And Oregon State just fell apart. I mean, frankly, it started with Washington. They won that game. But, I mean, their, their quarterback was terrible. They're terrible the next week with Washington State. Um, you know, they got, they've had the bye, so maybe, maybe they fixed it. But um, Utah is not the team you want to try and get good against when it's talking about playing, you know, offense. Utah plays good defense. Yeah, I'll, uh, I agree with you 100%, but I'm just going to take Oregon State to get on the other side of one. We're on we're on the other side of the UCLA game too. We got two. Yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's a good it's a good I'll just take it. Who okay. cares? And also I obviously have no fucking clue what's happening this year, so. Yeah. We're not doing well, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Neither neither <laughs> of us are in a position of authority here in in offering these opinions. Yeah, but offer them we will, god damn it. Yeah. Uh Washington uh, is going on the road to the desert, a place that's been a house of horrors for Washington, both uh, Tucson and Tempe, uh, against an Arizona team that is like, kind of like, especially with their quarterback injury. I mean, like, really on a short list of worst Pac-10, Pac-12 teams of all time. I saw somebody today in the national media opine that Washington might win this game fifty-four to nothing, which I don't believe to be true. Um, I got to tell you what, Washington does not play good in the desert. Nope. And Washington does not play good on short weeks, which they've got here Friday. Yeah. Um, now, Arizona is on a short week, too. They played last week, so it's not like they got to buy. You know, it's not like they have a huge advantage here. Um, 
I, I, I'm not fully on board with the fact that Washington's going to blow Arizona out on this game. They're not uh, good enough, dude. Yeah, I would say I would add to what you were saying about Washington's woes is that uh, they've also this season just not played good generally. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> yeah, they're poorly coached. <laughs> Throw that on in the there. road at a place they never play well, and it's on a short week. You got that's a quad, dude. That's a quadruple. It's a quadruple whammy. I think it's going to be like the Arkansas State game where it's going to, you know, where it puts a little lipstick on the pig and uh, you kind of can talk yourself into like, hey, man, if everything breaks right, we're going to the uh, uh, Dallas, heart of Dallas Bowl or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Just some absolute dog shit bowl game. Uh, Wouldn't that be nice, you know, for the players, for for our offensive line that – apparently was uh, banned for the, from the weight room for the entire pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, our, our strength coach flying under the radar needs to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, flying <laughs> under the radar, doing the opposite of what I think misunderstood how that job was supposed to play out. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of people back in the kitchen in charge of nutrition need to take a second look at their contracts. Like, what are we yeah. doing here? Yeah, we need a wholesale. Just everybody needs to get the fuck out of here. Oh man, what a weird, what a weird sport. I mean, it's crazy that this has happened so quickly. Um, I'd be interested to see in this game if uh, if Sam Heward gets some snaps in the second half, if Washington can get out to a lead and get like a longer look at him. Dude, Just I don't because... think I don't think he's allowed to play. No, they can play. Freshman can play four games. I know, but I don't. I mean, I think if you're Damon Heward, you're his dad, you're Brock. He's played Heward. already, though. He's played already. I know, but you're gonna like you're just gonna like. But that was still back in like what was that against Ark State or something like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like now it's like it's over, right? Like, I would uh, be- no, because like also I think part of that is you think like if it was uh, my kid, I'd be like thinking like oh once he gets in there, he's gonna turn this whole program around. Uh these guys are too. I think they're too realistic. I think they're like telling him to like, don't even look at your playbook, dude, because it doesn't matter. Like, don't even commit this stuff to memory because we don't want you like, you don't, we don't want your, your pure football mind poisoned with whatever this playbook is that you guys are trying to run here. Cause it ain't going to matter. You're either going to be wearing like, you're going to be there at USC next year um, competing with Jackson dart for the starting line job or, or, you know, they're going to make some miracle hire that convinces you to stay. And someone's going to bring like a legitimate playbook, like learn that. So like, well, one one thing I will say in uh, uh, this is something people have been talking about with Dylan Morris since he first got the job at Washington. It'd be like, God, if this guy can ever learn how to throw a deep ball, he'll be like pretty solid. Uh, it has not happened. And Washington had a play at the uh, with like three minutes left to go or something like that. Yeah, where, pick, yeah. yeah McMillan was wide open two steps behind the defense. Yeah, uh, you leave him in the end zone there. It's a it's a the game is tied. Yeah, it's a, it doesn't even have to be a great throw. It just has to be a, farther than it was and towards the middle of the field. You can really loft one up there. And uh, if Sam Heward can do that, I mean, you you also know that, like, personally, Sam Heward believes, as somebody who rose to the level of being, like, an elite 11 caliber quarterback, that uh, he can do whatever he wants once he gets on the field, you know? Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I mean, he's got four games, and he preserves his red shirt. If – if you're if you're Damon Heward, you're going to give the okay to play in a game this year. It's going to be this one because yeah. Arizona poses the least threat to your kid in terms of like likely to get any pushback. It might be like a walkthrough for him, but 
Good gracious, man. I, 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 if, I, honestly, if it was my kid, I might just be like, yeah, you know what? I don't care that he's got three more games he can play in. Like, don't, don't do it. Like, yeah, don't play him. Like, <laughs> I don't want him like getting hurt on some freak play. Like, we gotta, we gotta keep him clean for next year when Sark calls him. You know, yeah. I guess Arch Manning's going to Texas or something. So maybe, maybe he'd have to go somewhere else. But yeah, we gotta get some kind of good. Uh, we'll get some good offensive coach in there. Yeah, and then he'll re- he'll re-recruit the whole, the whole roster. That's what'll have to happen, honestly. Oh yeah, and there's like 78 freshmen <coughs> on the roster somehow. <laughs> like I don't know how that can be, but well, it's because like so a, a lot of them are juniors. You know, it's just like because the uh, weird eligible redshirt and uh, the COVID year did not count for eligibility. Uh, so it's like people have been they're freshmen that have been here since like 2018. Yeah, that's true. Um. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's good. That's a good long podcast. Fiery stuff. Yeah. We're All right. That, we're not going to take it anymore, dude. We're not. We will. I'm playing. I'm, I'm looking forward to taking it starting at uh, 7.30 p.m. local time on Friday. 7.30 kick? Yep. All right. That's good enough. Most at least at least half of my kids will be asleep by then. Yeah, it'll be nice. I've, I might be able to get my uh, at least not my Friday nine in. Uh, before the sun goes down and be home and plenty of time to watch some football. There you go. What a, living a dream. That's it. Yeah. That's all we can ask for. All right. Uh, that is it for this week's uh, episode of eligible receivers for Eric. I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye.